Hey, this is the Bridging Realities Podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar and Eugenia Kroc. Bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us and we hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Danny speaking and we are back for another episode of Bridging Realities. How's it going, Eugenia? It's going, Danny. It's going. <laughs> it's always going. Right? It's always going. Yeah. Moving, flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's What's happening in your world since we last spoke? Um, everything, nothing. Uh, well, a lot, but uh, let's see. How am I? Okay, well, let's see. Okay, stop. Pause. I am, well, let's talk. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so I clearly don't know how to describe what I'm going through right now. I'm fine. I'm great. I was just on a trip in Houston, Texas, and what a radically different culture than the one I live in in the middle of the mountains in Colorado. Um, Very uh, revealing about how some people see this world versus how other people see this world. And that's, a, that's of course, always the benefit of traveling and getting out and about is remembering that other people see the world in different ways. Even mm. if I don't agree with those ways, for example, oh my God, air conditioner. Like how, why, why does everybody have to have their house at 69 degrees? Like I know it's hot outside, but <laughs> why are we doing Like why do I have to put a sweater on in like when it's mm. 90 degrees out? Why do I have to carry a sweater with me to go into restaurants and into houses? Like I thought that was really, that made me uncomfortable and a little upset. Like and I would ask people, like, you, how much money are you spending on this air conditioning? And they would tell me, and I would just be like, see, that doesn't make any sense to me. Can't you just withstand a little hotness in your life? You know? Anyway, so. I love being warm. I'm totally with you on that. I hate being in an icebox kind of experience. Yeah. That's why I can't live in, an, in a climate like that. Right. And, yeah. and just how, I would say, how dissociated one gets from Earth living that way. You know, when one climate is one temperature and then you go indoors and it's such a radical difference, like it's as if, you know, in the, um, the winters, maybe here in Colorado where it's very cold, it's like, as if you would keep the temp, the, the temperature up at 80 degrees, even though it's like 30 out. And it just, it's such a radical infrequency of temperatures that how do people remember they're on the earth living in seasons with temperature changes? <laughs> so that was, right. you know, it's just weird. And you can't see a single star, not, not one. Yeah. Too much you know, uh, sky pollution. Or, what is that? Much. Light pollution. Yeah. It's both. It's, sky, it's, yeah. it's actual pollution and um, ambient light, light pollution. Right. So, it, but it's an interesting thing to be like, Oh, okay. So this is why people, over the around the world just you know operate so differently is because their environment is just so different than mine and I think it's always good to remember and um so I'm back in Colorado and I'm very pleased to be and you know I got home to beautiful veggies and a neighbor who gave me a bunch of her veggies and you know it's just like very different love it yeah and so I enjoyed that and then today though you know we've got this um we're coming just out of that exact conjunction of the Mars, Saturn, and Taurus thing, but that's been going on. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit, but um, 
you know, so I was then, you know, getting back into work today, driving to Denver and there was lots of police. I got, you know, I didn't get stopped, thank goodness, but there was, you know, like 15 police on the way here. And it just feels like, I, I don't know. I just feel the Mars Saturn energy right now, which we can talk a little bit more about, but anyway, so that's how I'm doing. Uh, how are you doing? What's, what's going on for Danny? Yeah. Um, I'm feeling the Mars Saturn energy too. I have it transiting my 10th house of career and public life. And I definitely feel like this week has been more activated in terms of work. Um, and, and my career, I actually rebranded myself this past week. I saw that. Yeah. So I am now, um, no longer a life worth loving, even though I do love my life and I believe life is worth loving. I decided to, um, with, I mean, it was kind of prior to the full moon that I made this decision, but it it just felt like right timing Mm -hmm. with the full moon on my ascendant to kind of change my identity in that way. Mm. Um, and yeah. And so I have a new website, everybody. If you want to book a reading with me, you can find me at daniellepolgar.com, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-P-O-L-G-A-R.com. And I have a really nice streamlined website that I really like. So I'm really happy with it. And it feels really good to start on a fresh page. Um, so lots of energy and attention around my career and just feeling the, um, kind of like hyper-focused vibe around what I'm doing when I'm doing it, so much so that by the time I'm done doing it, I am so freaking tired. I'm like, whoa, I just really went for it there. So I can put in a lot of energy around whatever it is that I'm doing, but then afterwards I totally crash. So that's kind of how it's been showing up for me. And, you know, as it's moving, as both planets are now moving forward and they're going to be opposing my moon. Um, so it's also been kind of impacting, uh, just my home life in that way of like, you know, really having to ask my husband to help out more than I normally do in terms of, Hey babe, can you do the dishes and do all the other things that I can't get to because I've got so much on my plate right now. So, um, so yeah, it's, but not like in a bad way. It's been all really positive and, and wonderful, which I'm happy and which is, pretty unusual considering Saturn and Mars. Um, but I feel I, my personal opinion about Saturn and Mars and Sagittarius is just that it's got a more optimistic flavor. It's definitely more lively. And I, you know, I know that it can really manifest itself in some really twisted ways out there in the world when people aren't being conscious of how to channel and harness this energy. But for me, it's been positive. Mm. So, and now my mom's in town visiting mm. and just, uh, yeah, I'm about to have a lot of visitors at my house. Well, actually, this is how I see this whole thing playing out. Now I'm starting to put the pieces together <laughs> because I still have all of these responsibilities regarding my work and career, but I'm going to have guests for the next three weeks, like back to back to back. Mm. Um, so that's going to be interesting to navigate and balance. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that fourth house, 10th house axis, that's what I'm speaking to people is that, uh, you know, when you have planets transiting the 10th house, it really does impact anything that you have in the fourth house. And if you don't have anything in the fourth house, it still means that it's going to activate that area of your life in some way. So anytime it's transiting any axis at any point, it's creating that opposition. It's, um, kind of putting a flashlight on one area and, putting something else into the shadow. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and just to speak even a little bit more to that, it's funny as you're talking, I'm also just paying some attention to the fact that the node of the moon, the south node of the moon is getting closer and closer to Neptune. Because uh, I was thinking about the tenth house as you were speaking, mm-hmm. and I have this huge Neptunian Piscean energy going on in my tenth house. Right. So, like what you're talking about, you you've got Saturn and Mars in the, the this tenth house of work and career, which is very like get it together, you know, get it together, <laughs> <laughs> and like act and like do and structure and you know all these kind of uh, fairly rough. Uh, feelings, uh, so to speak. Um, mine is like, I'm getting more and more spiritually inspired by my work, but also more and more, um, disorganized. So mm, as my, yeah. you know, as my work expands in kind of a Neptunian way, it's also like, uh, I can't keep it together. There's so much to do. There's so many things I want to do and how do I implement it? And I can't do it. So it's just like really interesting to, to see the different energy for Danny and I. Uh, well, we have the Saturn, the Saturn Neptune square happening. We are the square. We That's are like the, the interesting thing. But it's also happening just around our career houses, which right. is fascinating as well. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty weird. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's how astrology works, you know? Mm. It's like, wow. So, you know, you can see it on the global scale, and then you can see it in your personal life. And there's just all these different complex layers. It's so it's cool. so good. Yeah, I, actually, it was funny. On, on the airplane on the way back home, this I was looking at some charts, and this chick kept kind of, looking over and I was like, I know she wants to talk to me. I know she thinks yeah, it's interesting what I'm looking does. at. But you know, every once in a while you just don't want to talk to people. So I kept my headphones in and I was like, I know I could like spend the whole flight talking about astrology and it would be really funny and fun, but oh, I kind of just want to actually just look at a chart for a couple hours because yeah. I have nothing else to do. And eventually she came up with an excuse to get me to take my, <laughs> my headphones off. It was really hard for her to do it. But she finally did it. And then she was like, that looks so interesting and complex. And it was, and it's just like, everyone is interested in this stuff. You know, like everyone is like, what are you yeah. looking at? What is this? And, you know, I talked to actually on my trip, I got to spend some really quality time with my cousins who... I'm not actually very close with because they grew up initially in Jersey and then they moved to Texas. And so I didn't really spend a lot of time with them throughout my life, but I got to spend a number of days with, with them. And, you know, they kind of laughed at me originally. And by the end, they're like, you're a genius. Like you, how did you, how do you know everything about us? Like, how do you know everything about our kid? You know, all these, like they were just, they wanted more. And these are people who, you know, this is not the culture that they're, you know, is, is around them. This is to them, this is still silly. Like, in fact, I was at the bank yesterday, uh, very Saturnian and I was doing bank stuff and the, the banker said, well, what's your profession to write down on this paperwork? And I said, um, well, I don't know if you're going to help me out if I actually tell you what it is. And and, and I said, let's just go with, with therapist. And he said, okay. He said, well, what do you really do? And I said, I'm an astrologer. He's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't write that down. Wow, really? There's no space in our culture for this yet. Like That sucks. I always tell people that I do that. And I mean, it's definitely an eyebrow raiser. 
but yeah, at a that's weird. I yeah, think it's mad. Well, yeah. I mean, like we have, we've not, and I don't even think we chose this profession. Like it totally chose. No, us. it's not like that. Yeah. No, like you, you don't choose this. No. this <laughs> you would never. It's like it's like if you chose to be gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would you ever choose to be like discriminated against something and, different? Right? Yeah, exactly. And like have people like disrespect you immediately when you say who you are. You know, right. like I don't, I don't want to be this, but I am this, and I love it. And and so yeah, it's like constantly advocating for it but of course he was like yeah like we're definitely not going to write that down because the banks won't won't you know they're not going to think it's a viable profession um for what you need and I was like that's cool whatever that's fine uh but then at the end he's like so uh you know I'm a Scorpio what does that mean I'm like see like (laughs) right uh, everyone wants to know but like it's like but but, they're also terrified of it yeah you know it's funny I was talking to my mom about it this morning at the dinner, not the dinner table. We were having coffee and she, or I wasn't, but she was. And, um, she, we were talking about my brother and like his chart or I, I just got into kind of the psychology of, of who he is and how he shows up astrologically. And she was like, well, let me tell you, I don't want even want to know about that stuff because I don't believe in it. And I said, well, you don't have to believe in it because it's just happening anyways. And you are who you are on your chart. And I've already looked at it and it is who you are. Right. So it doesn't right. matter whether you believe it or not. Right. But my husband, Randall, was there, and he was just like, you know, inviting my mom to be a little bit more open to it. And she was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, well, well, okay, maybe, you know, because I think most people think of it as like a fortune telling right. that we're going to tell them something that they don't want to well, know here, about. Totally. Right. And that we're going to say something bad, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and it's just fascinating. I, I wonder if we were to go back in time and really track where where astrology like really broke off. I mean, of course, with the religious, uh, you know, the Judeo-Christian religions and and that's that whole thing, but it would just be really fascinating um, to, you know, see where that whole thing broke off and where people started Mm -hmm. to look at it. Like it was Mm -hmm. the work Mm -hmm. of the devil. Well, right. And, you know, you, you can like, like read all these kind of things that essentially created created this you know who knows what that looked like tasted like or felt like but regardless you know here's a bunch of very smart men who we you know really have respected for a long time astronomers you know you know creating theories of the sky and uh you know the science behind it simultaneously creating astrology right because they were the same exact thing astronomers and astrologers were one and the same and then uh these other guys come out and they say no like you have to believe this thing like so so now there's this culture of people who just don't trust themselves and they don't like it's this stupid fucking patriarch like i Mm -hmm. cannot say it enough like you know why am i in a city where people you know have air conditioning on so high that the the natural resources of planet earth are literally just bleeding <laughs> and there's no consciousness around it. It's because th- this culture is, it's, uh, so yeah. So All anyway, right. so yeah. <laughs> let's just keep going. Yep. Enough of that ra- rambling. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we have a, a wonderful, wonderful episode today, uh, on Saturn and Saturn returns specifically. Yeah. Excited about this one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we it's... invited um, Tiff Delancey and Maya Hackett 
two very talented, inspiring women um, who have quite the following on Instagram um, to join us to discuss this new offering that they have called Saturn Sister. And it's a community uh, that really supports women specifically um, in their Saturn return. So yeah, we are, we're going to talk about that and look at their charts and talk about our own experiences with Saturn return. And what else do you want to add, Eugenia? Well, I just think it's really good timing with all of this stuff going on with Saturn, which I just wanted to, you know, speak just very briefly a little bit more about it. So for the last few days, we have had Saturn, the planet of structure and form and limitations and boundaries. Uh, think of him sort of like a police officer, so to speak. Uh, um, you know, lawyer, there's all kinds of archetypes. But let's just pretend he's a police officer in this scenario. Well, he's been basically hugging a- a Mars, the god of war. Um, and Antares is right there too. But uh, when we talk about the Aries, or excuse me, Mars, the god of war, you know, that's like action and movement and let's do this. Let's make things happen. So when you want to move really fast and you're hugging a cop, <laughs> um, that might, you know, it might get you energized because it's like, I want to break out of this cop's arms and I want to be free. And it can also feel like I have this desire and this motivation right now, but it's being limited. So the example I used at the beginning of the show was, um, you know, I literally, I was, I needed to get to the office. I was driving much faster than I should have. And every turn I took, I swear there was a, there was a cop. I counted. There was 15 cops today on the highway. There was unmarked, there was marked, there was motorcycles. I mean, any kind of variation of cop you could find, it was there. And it's just really a beautiful, beautiful metaphor of Mars. Go, 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 Saturn. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Nope, I'm going to stop you here. And so Saturn return is this kind of a similar feeling. It's like we're, we shine bright. We're doing all these things in our twenties and we're, you know, just living like we'll never die. And then Saturn return comes around and says, no, you will die. There are limitations to your life. There are boundaries and, and they're good. They're very good to have. So learn them and that's, and, and then you get to become an adult. And so I thought, you know, this is a great, I think it's a great episode to be playing right now while we're in this kind of really heightened Saturn energy right now today um, as we post this, which is like what, August yeah. 25th or something? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great timing. Mm-hmm. And Saturn's, you know, really up for me right now. And I, I work specifically with people going through their Saturn return because for me it was such a transformational experience and it really did bring me to astrology. Um, and I love Saturn. I think there's a way to work with Saturn that helps us to live in this reality because that's what Saturn represents. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this horrible experience, even though it might be, and you learn how to work with it and be grateful for it because it, it molds you and shapes you into who you become. So, um, if you are between the ages of 27 and 31, and you're struggling right now or whatever it is that you're going through, um, you know, we're here to support you and just to kind of shepherd you through this journey because it's a big one. Mm -hmm. And if we live long enough, we go through it three times. So, uh, it's good to get our feet wet and really feel into what Saturn wants of us. Um, and even if you're not 27 to 31 and you're in your earlier twenties and you're kind of like, Oh God, I've heard about this thing. What is this? Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to hear a little bit more about it in this episode and send us questions or reach out and connect. Um, 
get support as much as you can through this time. So, yeah. Right. Especially as if, if you are in the middle of a Saturn return, whether it's your first or your second or your third and you're listening, <laughs> which I thought, but, um, you know, it's probably really up right now because your Saturn return is happening yeah. around and on Antares as well. Uh, that's a piece of it. And then with Mars there. So there's a, there's a global collective, you know, strong energy happening right now. Uh, obviously I think, I just, I don't, I haven't been on the news for quite some time well, or ever really. And a client just came in and said there was like this big earthquake and not, not a doom and gloom thing, but sort of, I don't know. Like there's just yeah. big things changing. So, um, so Always. your Saturn return, if you're in it right now, it's, it's probably heightened right now, literally as we're posting this episode. So, um, you yeah. know, that's the benefit of having an astrologer is yes, Saturn return, everyone has it, but every individual Saturn return is so uniquely specific to them. So what, you know, like for example, you're having all this Saturn Mars energy in your workhouse and you're feeling energized to restructure work and all that. And I have it in my seventh house, my relationship house. And I'm like loving learning boundaries in relationships right now. Like, mm, Oh right. God, it's so good to say I can't do that or I need more or whatever that is. So, so, you know, each individual sign turn is just so, so unique and that's the benefit of an astrologer guiding you through it. So but hopefully in general that this episode will certainly help guide and, and explain some more stuff. And we really are hoping you'll enjoy it. Yay. Yes. Yep. And, and please keep liking us on iTunes and we got our donations going. We'll be doing our drawing for the, for the next full moon episode um, that we'll do. So the more donations we get, the bigger and better opportunities you have to get on the show and be with us and, and, and use us on social media and spread the word and the love. And, and we will love that. We always love that. We just reached a hundred followers on Instagram. It's such a mild, m- minor milestone, but it's so cute and exciting. <laughs> totally. I love it. Totally. People. I know. Hey. I just have but... to say, I don't, I'm, you know, it's not my, you know, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's lots of people who are just so good at this stuff and I'm just really good at looking at astrology charts, you know, so a hundred yeah. people is actually a great big deal, isn't it? It is. Uh, so thanks for following us. Thanks for tuning yep. in and we hope you enjoy the show. All right. Well, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of Bridging Realities here. This time we have our guests, Maya and Tiff, to talk about the Saturn return and this wonderful creation and community that they've put together um, called Saturn Sister. And we're going to kind of just dive into our own experiences with the Saturn return, a very common uh, initiation into adulthood that everybody must transition through in their lives. And yeah, so welcome ladies, welcome Maya and Tiff. If you'd like to introduce yourselves and let us know um, where we can find you online and the interwebs. Mm, thank you. Tiff, you want to start? Sure, I can start. <laughs> um, well, I'm Tiff. I am also known as Namaste Tiff on Instagram. Um, and I can be found on Facebook as well. Uh, I have a few like business pages there, uh, Tiff Delancey Yoga and Tiff Delancey Essentials for my essential oil page. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah. So I, um, 
I kind of recently heard about Saturn Sister through, or Saturn Return, sorry, through a friend, and I hadn't ever heard of it, and um, she was like, oh my gosh, like, have you heard of this? You're right in the middle of it, and blah, 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 and I just was like, it was so eye-opening to me, the concept of it, and I'm like, oh, wow, that makes so much sense for everything happening in my life right now. I felt like you know, I was, I don't want to say being tested, but just like, it felt like the truth of what was my truth, like my truth was coming up and kind of figuring out, um, where I show up in the world and who I am, what my purpose is, all of those like big life questions were really coming to a head. And, um, I guess it's just the word that keeps coming up for me in my life right now is clarity. So it seems to be um, like the process just brings clarity in sometimes a messy and confusing way. But um, it's just like you're kind of rebirthing into something closer to your higher self, if that makes sense. Mm. I love how it always comes back to birthing with you. <laughs> it's, I, it just, yeah, you know, that's usually a naturally creative life. <laughs> Which to me makes you occur just so incredibly clear. Um, I'm Maya Hackett and I'm a mom of four and I'm a legacy architect, which basically means I'm an activist that brings together those with resources and those with concepts and ideas, and it's it's turned into work around financial legacies. So I work with those with a collective net worth of about $14 billion and those with spiritual, conscious, creative legacies. So I work with a lot of creatives and um, healers, the angels. And so you can find my work with the angels, the icons and beacons and community leaders that are creating their legacies over at empresstides.com. You can find me at Urban Organica on Instagram, and you can find our collective around Saturn and bringing creative calm and clarity to the chaos of your life at SaturnSister.com. And you can find my institute that I run with my husband. It's a collective of world-class medical intuitives, doctors, healers, and coaches that work with um, Fortune 500 CEOs and their families and NFL families at calibrationinstitute.com. And when I was going through my Saturn returns, I was pregnant with my second son and I had gone down to 78 pounds and we were fighting for our lives. And, and then he was born and he was amazing. And I went into postpartum depression because I knew there were two more babies and I just didn't know where they were. I didn't know how I was going to access my children since I barely survived my first two pregnancies. So that was brutal. <laughs> and as I asked, you know, the different women in my life and the women in the collective about where they were or where they are when it's when Saturn is returning to um, their chart, it's it's really kind of mind boggling how difficult it is. So we've done a little research and it's interesting to see how many car accidents and uh, divorces and new beginnings happen during this period. So I'm really intrigued. I don't know that much about it. I know what it feels like, though, to walk through those initiations and, and to kind of fall down over and over again through it. It's kind of yeah. inquiry. 
<laughs> yeah, an ongoing inquiry. And it is um, something that we will continue to, you know, if blessed with a long life, you know, we get the opportunity to go through three portals of Saturn returns um, throughout our lifetime. So, but the first one is, is really the biggest, uh, I would say, initiation into understanding who we are as creative beings and, you know, how we show up in the world in three-dimensional form. Um, so, wow, you are, you know, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your experience and we'll talk more about that. But um, Eugenia, do you, do you think it would be good for us to just kind of, you know, talk about what the Saturn return is and mm-hmm. introduce that theme? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll start uh, with a little information about what it is and what it means. And then we'll, we'll kind of team on that, but right. So when we're looking at Saturn, when we're looking at all of astrology, we're looking at a, a, a number of factors when it, when we look at a planet, we're looking at when was it discovered? Uh, was it discovered? Did we see it with the naked eye or did it take a telescope to discover it? With Saturn, uh, it, you can see him with the naked eye, but it was he was the first planet discovered through a telescope. Um, Galileo was the guy behind Saturn and a bunch of people were behind Saturn. But um, that's one of Galileo, Galileo's most notable discoveries or um, contrib- contributions to astronomy. Um, and so we look at those types of things, uh, who discovered it, when was it discovered? We look at the science behind the planets. So we look at where, where is it in the solar system? What's the climate, at least that we're aware of uh, up to this point of, of that planet? Um, what are some geographical, geological features of that planet? Uh, so for, for example, right now we're on Mars and we're testing the soil because we, we're going to try to live there soon in the next 25 to 50 years. Uh, they'll start sending people there. So we're on the planet right now. We're testing the soil. We're getting the climate. We're trying to see how we can acclimate to it. And as we continue to evolve in consciousness, we're going to keep doing that with other planets, I would imagine. So you have to know the the actual science behind each planet, specifically Saturn. And then you really need to know the history of it. You need to know how does it show up in historical events. So one of uh, the, the great things to be aware of as an astrologer is history. I'm a, I'm a big history buff because that helps us really contextualize, okay, we see this happen. And then you narrow it all the way into the personal experience and you start to see the patterns of Saturn really show up in really fairly profound ways in in each individual's life. So a couple of things about Saturn to be aware of. Um, uh, Am I getting some feedback on this, girls? Just a little, like, your headphones might be touching your hair or something like that. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. I have Uh earrings on. Thank you. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I can hear them. (laughs) Thank you. I forgot to take them off. So, um... Right. So we know that Saturn has rings. It has these uh, boundaries around it. Um, When we look into the mythology, of course, we have to know the mythology of all these planets as well. When it comes to Saturn, we're and like anybody who's listened to the podcast, I, of course, refer to the Greek myth uh, much more than the Roman myth, uh, which is the names that these planets received, because the the Romans essentially just knocked off the Greeks. But the Greek mythology uh, uh, is Kronos. And he is Father Time. That is what he represents in mythology. And of course, mythology was a beautiful um, storytelling of the archetypes of our lives. We all have a timekeeper in our body. We all have a, a god of the underworld in our body. We all have a god of the ocean in our body. 
and of course so does the earth and so when the when the stories were being created and told they were to talk about the the features on the planet but also the features in our own human psyche um it's important to read these myths they're really really interesting in reading the iliad and the odyssey and really getting the sense of what the ancients were talking about with it and so saturn represents that timekeeper the limitations the boundaries all of those different things and of course he then goes on to rule the bone structure because that is our limitation. We're put in these bodies with bones and um, with limitations, with time. Uh, the day ends every day. Our life ends eventually. And we have these limits uh, to our experience. And so when we see any kind of activity with Saturn in the sky, we see restructuring. Those are the big, big things that he represents. We've talked about it a lot, but I, I like to call him right now the carpenter. He goes and he remodels and he um, it, he remodels things. He says, okay, here's the building, but I'm going to go and demo it and rebuild it. And so, um, uh, I know Danielle is going to talk more about the seven year cycle of Saturn. Uh, but I just wanted to lay down the foundation of the archetype of Saturn, um, that he, you know, the fact that he was the first one discovered with Western consciousness with, through, through a telescope that says a lot about Saturn and, um, there's all these different layers to him as an archetype. So, uh, I hope that's been helpful to lay down the foundation of Saturn. Um, but it'd be great to hear about his cycles, um, Danny, and, and how that relates to our experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so it's interesting cause you know, of course, in my understanding and learning of astrology, I started out hearing of the father time, the Lord of karma, all this, with Saturn and this masculine archetype. But as I've come to really uh, understand and I guess build a relationship with Saturn, I've come to know it as a feminine archetype. And um, I'll talk more about that later. But, you know, just when we're thinking about what happens in terms of our astrology, you know, in, in our charts, you know, we're born at a certain time at a, on a placed on the earth and, you know, how that is mapped out with the cosmos and the planets tells a specific story of our life and the potential of our life story, um, and how it's going to unfold. And so then every, um, planet has a particular orbit. Saturn's orbit is around 27 to 31 years. So basically, you know, when you're born, you're going to be working with Saturn in these seven year cycles as it makes its way through and around your chart or around the earth. So and, and think of that like the four seasons that the exactly. earth goes through. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And these are all seasons and cycles. I mean, that's really what astrology is, is just a study of cycles um, and seasons of our lives and, and patterns. So um, when we're looking at Saturn, you know, the, the first time that we really get a sense of um, who Saturn is in our lives is when we're seven years old at the first opening square. And that square is when we come to terms with some aspect of reality, whether it's our parents get divorced or someone we experience our first death or we lose our first tooth or our first, you know, we move away from home, some kind of experience that tells us that life is finite, that there is an end, right? And this whole concept of there being an end comes from the fact that Saturn used to be the last planet that we knew about before we discovered the outer planets of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. So it's kind of like this portal that we have to go through before we can even access the outer planets, which represent the transpersonal realms, the, you know, everything beyond um, ourselves. And so you know, when we're engaging with Saturn, we are engaging with like 
where we end and where we begin, our boundaries, right? And, and that, that ring is such a beautiful symbol of what Saturn really represents for us. And then we have another Saturn experience at 14 and then at 21. Um, and then, of course, the return between 27 and 30. And during these experiences, it's like we're almost getting these quizzes along the way. Every seven years, we get this quiz about life. And, you know, we regenerate every seven years. Our cells are completely different. Our skin is completely different. Our bones are, you know, completely different expression. So we're, we're new people. And we come to these points in our life where we get to evaluate and review what we've learned thus far. And by the time we've come up to our Saturn return, it's like we're reaching our final exam um, of at least that that period of time, that 27 to 30 year period of time. And in that final exam, you know, we're, we're looking at like, what's ours, what's, what's mine, what's society's, what's, um, my parents, uh, ideas of how I should be in life. And what Saturn teaches us is how to distill and how to prune and get rid of what is not necessary. Um, I loved what Kelly said the last time we had her on the show that Saturn has kind of a separating effect similar to Mars Mm -hmm. and that, you know, it really helps us to kind of get rid of everything. That's just not a value for us and isn't going to help us build the foundation that we need for the rest of our lives. My understanding of it for Saturn return is really this sense that we become the authorities in our own personal lives. So we become the authors of our lives. We get to write how we really feel Um, our lives should look based on who we are coming to know about ourselves. Like, who do I, who am I really, you know, am I really this idea of, um, you know, what I thought I was going to be at seven years old or has that changed? How has that evolved? And, you know, when we come up against those truths, you know, similar to what Tiff was saying and really having to come to terms with that, it can be a really painful process because we might have to disappoint people. We might have to let go of things that are no longer serving us like relationships or jobs or friends. Um, and most people between this age in their life, 27 to 30, go through some major change where they're committing to a way, um, and most often it's committing to something about themselves. And in doing so, in making that commitment, they're having to let go of other things. So it's often a time when people get married, have children, buy homes, go back to grad school, you know, take on a lot of responsibility and really step into adulthood in a really formal way. And we don't really have anything like that in our society other than like graduation from high school or college. And I guess marriage is considered an initiation as well, but internally speaking, like when you really get that sense that, yeah, I'm here, I'm grounded, I'm embodied, and I'm here to contribute something to actually have that awakening. Um, I really don't think that happens until the Saturn return. And then after that, of course, you know, we can start to put all of those pieces into action as we're, um, going through the rest of our lives. And something else that I've talked about on other shows is that this also corresponds with the progressed lunar return, um, which, and usually the progressed lunar return happens just a little bit before the Saturn return happens. So it kind of lays, um, leads us into this, but the progressed lunar return is basically, um, showing us like how we've evolved as an emotional being. So we reach a level of emotional maturity within ourselves. And then we can, from that place, 
engage with and respond to life, right? Like responsibility and, you know, be able to say like, this is my truth and this is, you know, how I see the rest of my life is going to be like it or leave it kind of thing. Um, and for some like myself, that was a really, really hard experience for others. It can be really empowering and liberating, um, to, to go through that process. So, Anyways, that's kind of my take on it. And I have a lot more to say about this because this is kind of my specialty. I love Saturn. <laughs> Absolutely. So the, uh, the, do those two descriptions, Tiff and Maya, help uh, with some more clarification? As, as you kind of mentioned, you're kind of still learning a lot about it. And so was that helpful, kind of the things that we just shared? Definitely. Cool, cool. Perfect. I find it all so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to hear and kind of almost sort my experiences along the lines of what you've been saying. And also some of the different stories that the women have said, like, oh, that's when I first got cancer mm-hmm. the first time. And, and, or that's when my husband turned out to actually hate sex and, you know, have memories that he didn't know that he had. And mm-hmm. I had two kids and we had to begin separating that, that, you know, that, that relationship that we had. And for myself, I'm thinking of how, as you're talking about, um, kind of now you're able to do new work at the same time that I was pregnant with my son and, and I'd started to get better before I got, you know, he was born and I got the postpartum depression. I also took my first trip away from my first son. He was three years and nine months. And I really had to create confidence in his ability to be without me and in my husband's ability to be with him. But then I stepped into a week with who would be my, you know, kind of my soul community, the people that I would really be able to make a difference with. I was thinking when you were talking about how in my culture, as a Filipino American, third generation civil rights activist, we kind of raise activists in my community. And so that feeling of I'm going to make a difference is actually we're born into it, but I'm seeing that it's true that I actually didn't have kind of a vehicle to make the difference I wanted to make. And I also hadn't had the relationships to see what was available and possible until I was going through my Saturn returns. Mm-hmm. Right. The people we, we meet in Saturn return are wildly influential. I mean, when we talk about the hero's journey and the dark night of the soul, there's, there's so many stories and mythologies that, that really, help describe the experience of Saturn return amongst other big transits. But it is like one of the things in the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell's work is before you enter the innermost cave, which is Saturn return. uh, It's a deeply um, (laughs) shifting personal experience. We tend to meet the mentor on the way, you know, you meet Mm -hmm. the mentor and then you enter the cave, um, with that guidance to help you through it, or at least those words to guide you through it as you're going, going through that process. And right. I think a lot of us do meet between, you know, and it's so different for everyone, depending on their chart. It can start really as early as 25 for some people, if they have a lot 
conjuncting Saturn before it. Um, and it can go as late as 31, 32 in some cases for some, some individuals. And depending on each individual's chart, the heart of it is really at about 28, 29 years old. Um, but we tend to meet the guides who will ultimately hold our hands through the transformative process as we are starting to lose those who can't hold our hands through it and need to now grab onto other hands through other mentorship and, and that break apart um, into that new initiation. So I love that, that you, you were starting to meet your tribe members, the, the people who would, you know, walk through you in this new life. And like, for example, this is when I met Danny was in my Saturn return and, and hers. Um, and I would say all the very close people in my life right now, for the most part, I met during Saturn return and it's a very different culture of people than it was in my twenties, wildly different. So that's an awesome point you brought up. Yeah. And I mean, I think this, this, the whole notion of Saturn as a teacher and a guide and how, um, you know, I kind of think of Saturn as my 10th grade math teacher who was so passionate about math that (laughs) she helped people love what they were doing with it. You know, it's like everybody went in there like, Oh man, I don't want to do this. This is so hard. (laughs) And she really helped people to understand it. And she pushed us. She really, you know, helped us to have discipline about what we were doing and how to learn it and, you know, practice. And she, um, you know, kind of held us in our struggle. And I really feel like when you align with the energy of Saturn, that's, it becomes your greatest teacher. And it, you know, instead of becoming like what it can show up as for a lot of people, like, oh my God, when is this going to be over? Oh, this is so hard. I can't deal. And, you know, when we really follow the guides that show up in our lives, um, as reflections of ourselves and who we're becoming, knowing at some point we're going to be guides to others, you know, then we can really embrace that and feel embraced by that. And I I do feel like the hero's journey is such a perfect, um, Mm -hmm. myth, you know, for how this whole experience unfolds. And I also came up with this idea of, um, the Saturn return almost being like the experience of pregnancy and how it's broken up into stages or trimesters. Because when you're really starting out on your Saturn return, there's this period of like, what the hell is going on? I'm so uncomfortable. I, I nothing, stuff is changing in my life, but I don't know what it is. I'm scared. I, you know, I'm very uncertain. And then, you know, kind of in the middle of it, or like the second trimester of the experience, things get a little bit better. And it's like, oh, okay, I got this groove down. Right. And then towards the end, it's like, all right, when the <laughs> fuck is this thing going to come out? Right. And I'm like in pain. And then you really have to go through the labor pains of birthing mm-hmm. yourself to the other side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when you do, it's like this relief and this gift of, of knowing yourself in a whole new way after going through that experience. So that's, you know, part of why I also think of Saturn as a feminine archetype, but, um, also because it rules matter and mater is a part of our dura mater, which makes up our spinal cord, which Saturn is the ruler of. And it really does kind of represent containers and the ultimate container being the womb of where we hold life and creativity. So, you know, whether or not you decide to have children, that's, you know, not even the case. It's just a matter of what we're capable of in terms of creating things. And when we know how to work with Saturn, that's when we really know how to bring our spirit into form and all those beautiful things. So you have to go through the 
challenges to get to the gold at the end. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, so let's, you know, we're. I, I like the idea. Um, one of the things I just love the most about this podcast is, is the storytelling aspect, um, is that we women tend to connect very well through story. And so you girls mentioned a little bit about your experiences. Um, and you know, Danny, you, you have their charts. Is that right? I do. Cool. So maybe we could really contextualize this through each individual's experience. Um, maybe not so much with what Saturn is, you know, aspecting as much, although that's huge um, for our Saturn returns is you really want to know where is Saturn, what sign is Saturn in, what house is Saturn in, what is it aspecting? Uh, and so maybe just to keep it a little bit more understandable, or easier to follow, maybe we could just look at the house and sign that each individual has Saturn in. And we could talk, all four of us, a little bit more about our individual stories of Saturn return to really, really get into um, what that felt like and how that shows up in the chart. Would that sound like a something we could all do? Yeah, that sounds good. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, I also want to mention something too, just to keep in mind that, you know, f during Saturn return, it's not just like that is an isolated event. Um, no. that's happening with all of these other transits and for, you know, in my experience, which I'll talk about, I had ridiculous amounts of outer planet transits happening at once. So I wasn't even really sure what was the Saturn return versus, you know, right. outside of everything else that was happening that was ripping me apart. So <laughs> I just want to put that out there too, that, you know, not, this isn't meant to be a doom and gloom experience for those of you who haven't yet to go through this. It's like, you know, nothing to be afraid of because no. it's not, it's not anything that's going to, um, I mean, it's, it's not that it's going to necessarily going to be easy, but it can be easy for some. And, and they're like, oh yeah, I just went through that. And it was, yeah, whatever. I just grew up. But for others, it can be incredibly challenging. So anyways, just wanted to mention that. Mm -hmm. um, so where do we want to start? Um, what, why don't we go ahead and start with Tiffin? Uh, well, okay. actually, maybe we should start with well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to let you okay. <laughs> decide. All right. So let's start with you, Tiff. Um, I okay. have your chart here. And we have, um, now that we've found your correct birth time, <laughs> um, <laughs> we discovered that you have Saturn and Sagittarius in the first house. Um, mm -hmm. So you're, and it's pretty awesome because right now, um, I mean, Saturn's in retrograde, but, you know, as it's been kind of going over this, you're, you're going to be coming towards completion of your Saturn return rate, you know, in, in the next couple of months. So that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and some with, would argue too, that, uh, it also, I've heard this from other astrologers that they really consider Saturn return to not just be, uh, when it hits direct, but when it actually leaves the sign, I've heard that. So when it actually, exactly. so, yeah. so Saturn will uh, leave Sagittarius in a, a little while. It's going to take a, a couple of year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but argue, what I mean is like the yeah, hardest right. part of it or right. like the most intense part. And of course, I mean, because you're creating this community, it's like, 
you're actually building something with right. mm-hmm. your awareness of this, which I think is really mm-hmm. awesome. So if you were totally asleep at the wheel and you didn't know what was going on, I felt I would feel like, you know, your experience mm-hmm. might be a little bit more challenging um, there. But yes, you're right, Eugenia. It starts when it enters the sign that you were born under and then completes shortly after it leaves the sign. Right. Right. And it just goes through the, the heat of it. The heart of it is right on that direct hit. And, and just to <laughs> contextualize this a little bit more for people. So when the earth has a return, we call it a solar return on birthdays or whatever what we want to call it. But think of the spring equinox. Literally what's happening at the spring equinox is that the the earth has returned to the place in the sky where it was 365 days ago. And that's how we know that. So Saturn returns to the place in the sky it was when you were born 28 half 28 and a half years ago. So just to give you the the visualization of of what that looks like as well. I just wanted to throw that in too. Right. Exactly. That's great. Uh, yeah. So so yeah Tiff, I mean, well, let's just talk about the first house even. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. First house is the house of the self. It's the personality. It's how you show up <laughs> in other people's lives. Um, it's also the body, you know, how you show up in physical form. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to a certain extent, your identity as well. So how do you feel like you've been working with that through your Saturn return? Um, you know, it, when you mentioned before being kind of asleep at the wheel and I I've noticed such a shift and I'm probably kind of like going off subject here, but, um, I just wanted to mention that I've noticed such a shift in my experience once I became aware of the process and it's totally transformed the experience for me. Just whereas like before, before realizing what was happening, I just felt like I was just kind of being tumbled around, you know, within, some crazy storm or something. And then now I feel like my eyes are open to it and I can see what's happening in my life. But, um, what was the question again? I'm sorry. (laughs) I knew I'd get sidetracked. That's okay. (laughs) Just, you know, how you're relating to it. Like, how are you, Um, you know, how is this showing up for you in terms of your identity or how you show up in relationships? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I'm really like able to, or I'm in the process of coming to terms with who I am and who I know that I can be, if, um, the potential of myself. Like I'm not there yet, but I'm like working into that and kind of leaning into that. I think in the process before, like I've just sort of, I don't know, I guess I feel like I'm kind of stepping into my strengths or something along those lines. Yeah. And you know, a big, you know, when we're looking at, at Tiff's chart, so it is, it's in the first house. Uh, it is just briefly, I'm just going to mention it's conjuncting Uranus, the moon, and it's on her essentially on your ascendant. So let's just picture what the sky looked like the moment that Tiff arrived to planet Earth. The moon had just (laughs) risen on the eastern horizon. Right above it, you couldn't see it, but it was Uranus. And then right above that was Saturn. So there's a lot of things 
and adjacent to her actual Saturn. So, so there's that aspect. So when Saturn re goes to its return, it's also going to re restructure her Uranus and her moon and her ascendant. Okay. And if we're looking at it from a whole sign perspective. And so there's going to be a, a number of layers of restructuring that will continue to happen during, during the Saturn return, because it will transit those, those other aspects. And like Danielle saying, the first house and the ascendant, it's about identity. And I really think of the first house and the ascendant as the identity we literally got through our family. So like the color of our skin, the, um, the socioeconomic class we were born into the actual <laughs> physiological environment. Was it mountainous? Was it desert? Was it ocean? Whatever that was, right. all of those elements that are kind of a, in some ways a superficial identity maker, uh, but also relative, you know, very important, you know, our heritage and all those things factor into the identity. So, so right. So, a huge restructuring of the identity. So you might actually look different at the end of this. You might, your hair might change color or, you know, <laughs> you know, all of these different elements. And then to throw in the other piece about it being in uh, Sagittarius, um, when we think about Sagittarius, and I just want to mention, I've actually had a couple of comments recently where people have once again said, like, we're not following you. Like, you got to get more rudimentary with us to understand <laughs> so we can understand what you girls are talking <laughs> mm -hmm. about. Um, and so I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, please go back and listen to the Back to Basics episode. It's two full, two hour long episodes um, where Danny and I really go through the first house, the sign um, and the ruling planet. And that's we, we, we gave that episode to give us some more foundation. But just to talk a little bit about Sagittarius and contextualize what is Sagittarius and what is a Sagittarius Saturn return going to feel like the aesthetic of it. Sagittarius is, when we celebrate Sagittarius, it's the same time we're celebrating Thanksgiving. Okay, so you have to think of the archetype of the plants on planet Earth during Thanksgiving. You have to think about what the culture is doing around Thanksgiving. And what are we doing? We are, we are engrossed and engaged in tradition. Okay. We work the whole, whole year up to that point. We plant seeds, we cultivate those seeds, we grow those seeds, we harvest those seeds, and then we feast on them at Thanksgiving. So it's, it's like the, it's the culminating tradition of, of everything that has uh, come up to this point. Capricorn, which then follows, contains the tradition, hence why the, what we're going through right now with Pluto and Capricorn, because people are fighting to keep tradition, their their unique tradition right now, and that's why we're seeing mm -hmm. this massive divide, which we see every time Pluto enters Capricorn. Nevertheless, yeah. I digress. So, so it's tradition. It's um, and what is tradition? Where do we get tradition? We get it out of our values and our belief systems. Did we have a Christian upbringing, and that was our value and tradition? Did we have a, um, a agnostic? Did we have, like you were saying, a Filipina uh, kind of uh, piece to it? Is it a cultural tradition? Is it a, a religious tradition? What is, what's the tradition? And so what is my value and what is my belief? So right now, if we're looking at it from a global perspective, everybody right now has Saturn in Sagittarius because that's where he is in the sky. So everybody is rethinking, what do I believe? right now. This is just up. It's going to be up the entire time Saturn is in Sagittarius, which technically moved in there in November. So we're seeing it. What are we seeing on a global 
perspective. I mean, Britain literally just ethnically cleansed their nation because there was a battle of tradition. And that was the fight of the people who kicked out the EU was we've lost our British way. We've lost our British tradition. And so we're seeing this everywhere. We're seeing it with um, Trump and Hillary, uh, the two different, you know, keep America great, like holding on to the old tradition of the, the, the family value being this homogenized deal versus Hillary, who's saying it takes a village, more of a feminine take to it. And so we're seeing it globally. So then how does that relate to an individual Saturn return? This to me Right, it's a restructuring of identity, how one shows up in the world. I'm in some in some cases on a superficial level, but in other ways. But then also, what do you believe? And so I would imagine that some of the tests that you will be challenged with or opportunities you're going to get during your Saturn return is really gonna be asking you. What do you believe? What do you believe? Not do what, what do your parents believe and your grandparents and your culture, but what do you, Tiff, as an individual believe? What are your values? What are your traditions? And it's beautiful because your website is very tradition oriented. I've been looking at it. There's <laughs> a lot of ceremony pictures. There's a lot of like um, you can feel the ceremony in the in the website, and so it's it's such a beautiful mirroring of of your your personal Saturn return. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? Nope. Sorry, I think I lost you for a sec. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, yes, that's so beautiful. I love. I can see in so many ways how that's manifesting in my life right now. And I just, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I always ask clients to do, and I really try to do this for myself too, is the last time Saturn was in Sagittarius, it's a good time. It's a good thing to go back and look at those dates in history. So this was during kind mm -hmm. of Reaganomics, right? Um, and that was a, a huge shifting of tradition um, during that, mm -hmm. that period of time too. So you can really see that if a child's being born right now and we're watching this, this fight for tradition, this, which is a warring, it's a warring feeling. It's like, no, it's my way or... Yeah. You know, we're, we're building higher, we're want half the people in the world want to build higher walls and half the people in the world like, no, we're a global tribe. Like we have to have global traditions, but those two energies, you know, so if a child's being born right now, they're picking up on this and this is going right. to start creating a consciousness for them. So in 28 and a half years, when they come back to it, these are things they're going to have to revisit the way you are having to revisit them right now during your Saturn return. So it's something to consider as well. All right. So uh, uh, was that helpful? Danny, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Um, something else that I think I, I had discussed with Tiff also is kind of, um, you know, with Saturn return in the first house, um, I feel like there's also a call to leadership uh, when you're, you're actually seen as an authority and a guide. Mm -hmm. to others. And I think that that's really beautiful, Tiff, that you found a vehicle to become that guide for people um, and to stand up and like, you know, take on that responsibility. It's a huge role that you're mm -hmm. taking on. 
So I feel like that's also part of this. And we've talked about this, you know, how this is going to impact your life and, you know, how you're going to, you know, it's going to impact you as a mother, as a woman, you know, when Saturn moves over your moon and all these and really clarifying who you are um, as a woman, as a mother and and as a contributor in society and in all of your relationships and all the women, you know, who you impact. So that's all I wanted to say. (laughs) Great. Mm-hmm. All right, so why don't we take a look at Maya's chart then uh, really quickly, and, and then we can kind of look at our charts as well. Great. Yeah. So you have Maya's chart there. I sent that to you. Yes, I do. I'm opening it right now. So we see so. Saturn and Leo in the second yes. with Maya. So this is quite different. So this is excellent. This is a, another great mixture of it. So so uh, why don't, Danny, why don't we start and talk about what this might have looked like for her from uh, our perspective without knowing her story, and then we can step a little bit more into her story. Does that sound, then we can really see if that resonated with, with her experience? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, for me, the second house is really about values mm-hmm. and possessions, you know, what we really hold closely to ourselves, like what's important to us. Um, you know, the little knickknacks and stuff that, that actually we treasure. It's like our, our place of treasure. It's also a place mm. of, you know, earned income and how we support ourselves financially in the material realm. Mm-hmm. Um, with Saturn here, it can give people a definite sense of, uh, like, I, I need to do this right. And I'm going to um, be responsible about how I earn money, how I spend it, and also, take seriously what you have in your surroundings. Like you take your values very seriously. I also just acknowledge the fact that you have Saturn opposing your moon, Mm. which is an interesting, um, I actually have moon squaring Saturn and And it can opposing. (laughs) Oh, you have it. You have an opposition as well. Okay. So, you know, I feel like when Saturn and the moon are, you know, having this relationship dynamic in, in a hard aspect, Um, There can be this feeling of like our emotional selves, you know, having to take on more responsibility and and all that that comes with it can really weigh us down and it can be it can bring about depression. So I'm not surprised to hear that you experience postpartum depression with this because of the tendency with Saturn to kind of compress and depress. And then in terms of the moon there with the opposition to bring that um, through and also to bring through the uh, challenges with mothering and, you know, just being pregnant in general with that opposition and really highlighting that. Because what happens is when Saturn returns to the same place it was in your chart, it's also activating all of the aspects that it was initially making in your birth chart. Um, so all of those things are going to be basically like turned on for you to re-experience. So do you want to add, add your experience having this uh, aspect, Eugenia? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Yeah, um, it it's actually perfect. I can really tie my experience into Maya's because my Saturn, well, and Porphyry is in the fifth, um, and Hole is in the sixth. But it's 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 kind of had a Leo kind of quality to it because it's conjuncting Pluto. Um, so right, I think for for me with my Saturn return, it was a, a wildly emotional time. It was deep, 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 intense, uh, facing my demons and just, it was, it was incredible. So yeah, really, um, 
not that the emo- the Saturn return is not going to be emotional for others, but I think if Moon is aspecting it, it's going to be like a a guttural womb pain. You know, it's like, oh God, I'm getting restructured at the womb. I'm getting restructured at the the gut level. Um, whereas like, let's say it's aspecting Uranus, it might have something to do with restructuring, you know, one's activities, like you said, as a leader or ideas of technology or expanding thought. Um, but when it, when it's affecting the moon, it is, it's, it's a, it's a guttural, it's a gut gut Mm -hmm. um, processing thing. Right. And And, the moon represents digestion too. So, you know, it's, it's also that part of it. Right. And that might be part of the Saturn return experience with that, that piece. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so bringing it kind of really quickly back to TIFFs, you know, we we see it, like you said, in the second house, security, worth, all of those different things. And then we see it in Leo. And just to talk a little bit more about Leo, um, again, everyone go back to those episodes to find out more, but Leo of course is, it's very much about the self. It's very much about how do I express myself? What is what is my creative expression? How does the world see me? And so I know um, I would imagine a Saturn return in Leo would have a lot to do with how does the world see me and, and one facing their challenges around judgment. So uh, I think Leo has judgment both perceive judgment towards themselves. So I think Leo can feel like everyone's judging me. Everyone's looking at me. What do they think about me? But then it can often, oftentimes be judgment of others as well. It can be very much like, well, their identity and and looking at that. And and I've noticed people who have either fifth house Saturn returns or, um, uh, Leo Saturn return, or if it's conjuncting the sun somehow, which yours is also conjuncting the sun, um, it can really be like, how does the world see me? And really resolving maybe also those judgments, like I, I need to care less, <laughs> you know, wh- how my actions are perceived and be more authentic with my my artistic creative voice um, and be, being able to speak that with uh, less fear around the judgment around that. So, so, so what was, uh, so can you talk a little bit more about your experience, Maya, and is it, is, are the things we're saying resonating for you with, with your Saturn return? Oh my goodness, there's so many layers, and they, they of course, all move up to this moment. Um, so, as far as the digestion goes, it's really interesting, because what I get when I'm pregnant is something called hyperemesis gravidarum, which <laughs> for me, like, I have seizures, um, where I might, you know, if I have 10 seizures, each time I have one, I'm throwing up 10 times or 15 times. So I would be throwing up like 150 times a day. Um, wow. And so that's very interesting. Wow. It literally was restructuring my womb. And what I know for certain is that the the hormone is given out by the boys. And so they were communicating with me very clearly in utero. One of them wanted me to be out of LA, do yoga, be a vegetarian. The next one wanted me to have a new community, get rid of everybody in my life. And (laughs) I mean, I mean, just so literal. And to this day, they're really clear about those things too. Like the one that was born a vegetarian, he's like, I'm a fucking vegetarian. Very clear, you know, um, and so that's really interesting to me. But also, this piece about um, responsibility and values and earned income is interesting because we were fundraising at that time, and it wasn't necessarily aligned with my values, um, and it definitely wasn't aligned for us to spend the money the way that we were. So there was a massive amount of stress for me between the ages of twenty-seven and. 
I don't know, 32, because my husband was constantly bringing everything, RVs, boats, Ferraris, Maseratis, all these things to our home where I'm, I've always been about where the resources go. How do we move it out? How do we create equity for others and make things a little bit more even? And so that period for me was really about kind of creating a community that could discuss these things, really like meeting a lot of young inheritors, people that had a lot of separation around money and fear or hiding it from others because it didn't feel good or they didn't like where it came from or they didn't have control over it. So a lot of stress. And so being able to kind of learn how to take care of them and learn how to almost unlock those resources so they can go out to the world really took creating a community, really kind of the same community of um, like-minded activists who wanted to be able to listen and hold and share ideas so that they felt safe to release those resources. Um, And it really required me, you know, being undone, not having the same community that I had before, not having the strength to have any conversations with anybody at all about who I was, what I was doing, what I needed to do, why I was going into a cave, why I didn't want to ride around in any of those cars. You know, it was an interesting, an interesting time. And so in hindsight, listening to what you're saying, I'm seeing that I actually needed to almost cocoon myself and then be only around people that were holding a very specific conversation. It's also interesting to me what you're saying around identity and um, that kind of the last time being around Reaganomics, because I, I often feel like the law of attraction, as it's understood in the United States, is almost like the 1980s gift to itself. Like, if I feel good enough, then I'll get what I want. And it really, really bothers me. It bothers me because I feel that women were not really designed to feel good all the time. And also that when we align ourselves with what we want or just how we want to feel, that's that's fine. That's fine. But I also feel like there's other truths that supersede those desires. And so there's almost like a new way of identifying ourselves now with like, what does it look like for the eternal to move its way from my core into my hands and tell me where to walk? You know, what does it look like for the ancestors to evolve through me? What does it look like to follow my brightest impulse, to hear myself as one who's able to listen earth, like she's dreaming through us and we can listen to what she's asking for and then like be a part of that creative realization. So I feel like there's different identities that are wanting to move forward. And so there's a lot of tribes gathering of women doing that. It's almost like a new version of what it means to almost like realize ourselves individually. And the other thing that's interesting to me is, is people of color in the 80s, there just wasn't enough listening then for us to have the conversations we're having now, which is, you know, you can't be colorblind. You can't be an ally and say, I don't see color. To be an ally means that you do see my color. You do see why I'm different. You do see my identity. Like you were saying, the skin that we were born with and kind of what we came from in terms of our matrilineage or our history and I'm just kind of fascinated hearing these different things and also that in in terms of like where it's the Saturn is in Tiff's chart, the identity piece in terms of skin color is fascinating to me because with Saturn's sister, it's been really important to me to make sure that a diverse group of women feel like welcome and they feel like Saturn's sister is for them since we all move through this particular transition. And I've had concerns about, you know, how do I do this? How do I make sure that everyone feels welcome. How do I bring it forward? And so it's something I've been grappling, grappling with over here, given how we're putting this together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's a. those are wonderful examples. I mean, Saturn's second house, cars, goods, toys, 
uh, Leo second house uh, that's kind of you know expansive it, it can be Leo can be oftentimes very um, uh, elaborate and very um, showy like with those cars mm-hmm. and things that you're talking about and it's so beautiful because the opposition to it is the moon in Aquarius which is community and like the resolution mm-hmm. that you found was at the opposition place and 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 when when you have that toggling of the moon opposing saturn uh it's it's a constant internal toggling like a not a battle but a a holding of each and it's like leo expression uh moon community connect with the community leo express you know and so there's this there's back and (laughs) forth and that gets highlighted that got highlighted in your saturn return and and of course uh, for listeners it will get highlighted for her every seven years and then so it will for tiff and so will it for ourselves so every time we get the square to the natal saturn it it triggers the saturn return it triggers the saturn energy that we're working out and that's and this is why, of course, Saturn is such a powerful transit. Saturn return is such a powerful transit because it is, it's so deep in terms of how we do life. You know, it's like, it's so the structure of our life. It's 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 you know wildly powerful. So I think that's an awesome experience that you shared. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know. Um, I just want to be conscientious of time, Danny. Uh, should we mention a little bit about our returns or just kind of um, move on from that? Yeah, I mean, we can just go briefly, briefly over that just to share. Yeah, and then we can talk a little bit about Saturn's sister and kind of close close the show out, I think. would be good. Great, great. Cool. Um, well, I'll go ahead and share mine just because we're on that moon-Saturn um, opposition, which I also have. I have Saturn, however, in uh, uh, Scorpio, conjuncting Pluto. <laughs> uh, so, so my um, and if we're looking at Scorpio, Scorpio is when we celebrate Halloween. It comes right before Sagittarius. So, what do we celebrate during Scorpio time? We celebrate death, <laughs> death, sex, and money. We we celebrate the underworld. This this is what Halloween costumes express: is our deep. Um, longings and desires that we tend to keep closeted the rest of the year, but that one day we get to kind of be these these freaky selves and these promiscuous selves and these um, colorful expressions of ourselves. Um, and so, so when we look think about Halloween, it's just a very intense time as we go into Halloween soon, which is absurd uh, that it's even August. But um, as we go into it at at some point, just everyone pay attention to the culture, pay attention to the plants. I mean, already I'm sitting here and watching the plants have changed a little. We're not talking it's quite fall yet here because we're still in Leo, but I'm already starting to see the plants shift. I know at my home, the plants are shifting as well. So when we're in um, October, uh, around this time, when we're in Scorpio, uh, things are dying. Everything's dying. And so Dia de los Muertos celebrates it. I know there's a lot of other cultural celebrations of the death um, because this is an important part of life. And so my Saturn is in Scorpio. So I'm a pretty deep person. It conjuncts Pluto. Pluto rules Scorpio. So my Saturn return, I was a death worker. And I, I, I must have helped... I don't know, like 30 people die or something like that during my Saturn return. A lot of people I knew died. So like personal people that I knew, um, a number of suicides occurred for my friends who had this aspect. Um, So, and I died. Definitely. I went through 
I died. I straight up died. It was painful. It was intense. Uh, thank God I did because I am not the person. I'm not my first 30 years anymore. I'm a very different person now. I can handle death now in a very beautiful way. I, I'm very aware of death now, um, so I can hold the space for it. I'm a grief worker now, so I, the main, one of the main conversations I have in my work is around grief and loss um, and death. And so I can hold that now because I've been there. I was living in the underworld for three years straight, I would argue. So because I lived in the underworld during that period, that's now my work in the world. It will always be my work in the world. I will always be able to hold death. Um, that's just something we, we all have our things. And that's one of the things for me. So that was, that was my experience of my Saturn return. Um, uh, so yeah. How about for you, Danny? Um, I have Saturn in Virgo in the eighth house. Um, and I actually have it squaring my moon. And for me, I mean, like I said, there were so many other transits happening at the time, but really, you know, my understanding of that specific thing was, uh, well, the eighth house I'll, I'll say is the house of karmic contracts. Um, it's places where, you know, we bring in things from inheritances, right? Things we inherit inherit from our family. Um, but also, you know, stuff that we're taking from past lives that we need to kind of figure out in this lifetime. And for me, it was through my marriage to my ex-husband and, really working through that karmic contract. And we actually were together for exactly 70 years, um, which is a Saturn cycle. And it was a very, very painful process because with the Virgo energy, I really had this idea in my mind that I had to be perfect and that I couldn't make any mistakes. There was no um, stepping outside of what people expected of me. I had to, you know, do what people wanted me to do. And, you know, getting a divorce was certainly something I did not want to do because my parents had divorced when I was seven, which of course was up for me during the Saturn return. So I was revisiting all of that pain from my childhood and that separation and then um, having to go through it myself, which is something that I always wanted to avoid. But in going through it, I was able to experience it in a totally new way. Um, something else that was going on at the time was that Pluto was opposing my natal Venus. So my understanding of love was completely dying and transforming and mm. being reborn. Mm. So the way that I had engaged in relationships up until that point was, was not to be done ever again. So that was, I think, one of the major influences also, um, during that period. And I mean, I'll just say with the Saturn squaring my moon, I was crying every day <laughs> yeah. for three years. I was so fucking depressed yep. and, um, it was horrible, but I look back at that time in my life as, um, with a soft, like a soft kind of like, Oh, I feel really feel for myself, deep, deep, deep compassion. And that is really the gift that I think I took from it is having this sense of, um, just a deep well of compassion for the pain of humanity, for myself, for my family, for my ex-husband, all of it. And then also just the reward of being true to myself and, and not doing what everybody thought I should do um, and sticking in a marriage that was totally unhealthy and unhappy for me and completing that karmic contract and st stepping into a completely new reality of what it means to be in relationship with, with people again. So it was a powerful time. Yeah, and you had, it's funny, you had mentioned in last um, last week's episode, or not last week's, but one of the re most recent episodes, you know, it's I'm really noticing being an adult and how I'm shifting. And, and it's so funny because 
you know, I just had a, a whole sweep of losses in my life. Um, and, and putting my dog down was one of those things, but a lot of things completed. I put a lot of things down. And if I had done that at 25, I would have been a mess. I would have completely lost it, felt the world was against me, felt like, you know, I can't handle life. I don't want to be here. What's the point? Because that's who I had been prior. And then I went through Saturn return and made it through Saturn return. Um, and and I was kind of like, oh, as now an adult, a, a post Saturn return adult, I it was it's it's not nearly as um, cataclysmic or, or chaotic or crisis oriented uh, when I have losses now, it's more inevitable and it's more embracing the loss because it's, it's inevitable. And so as we become adults, we go through Saturn literally to prepare us for every event that will follow, that we will be able to hold it. We will be able to, to move through it and live through it. Um, if you can make it through that initiation, this is not to be, of course, doom and gloom, although this has sounded this way, but I had a doom and gloom Saturn return straight up. There's no way around that. Um, but I also met my mentors, found out about astrology, you know, all that great stuff happened as well. But we, you hear about the 27 club often. This is when Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse, Heath Ledger, um, I would imagine it's going to happen to like Justin Bieber and, um, people, kids who are outshining their selves at too early of an age. Um, oftentimes you see when people like Janis Joplin or Jimi Hendrix or whoever these, these 27 club people are, which is just a, a scattering of, of, of famous people, they tend to, they have outshined their their youth. And so when they get to Saturn return and it's like, no, you need limits. They, they can't contain the limitations. They're too big for it at that point is how I really see that. And so sometimes people actually do die during their Saturn return. A number of my friends did. And I, and I don't see that as bad or good. I see that as a transformation, like as much as I transformed is as much as they transformed. Um, so it can, I'm not saying everyone's going to die at their Saturn return either, please. But just note that this is a way that this has shown up. Um, and like with Maya facing a life and death scenario, I faced a life and death scenario. Um, th this is it. You die and you get reborn. And, and it's funny because when you come out of Saturn return, it's like, let's like, but you kind of, for me at least, I was like, oh, Oh, this is who I am. Oh, I'm here now. And it was like I could see the world finally from my own personal perspective, not from the perspective of my parents, not from the perspective of my culture, but from my own unique perspective through my experiences. And so I feel strong and healthy because I got through Saturn return. So anyway. Um, <laughs> a word, uh, yeah, definite rebirth and yeah, it can leave you a little vulnerable and like shaken up afterwards, but, um, it's, it's empowering. I think that that's Wildly. the gift. So, so Tiff and Maya, why don't you share with us a little bit about how this creation came about and what your offering is and, you know, how people can, um, gain support through their Saturn return through this resource that you've created. Hmm. Well, <laughs> go ahead, Jim. <laughs> yeah, so I I can't remember exactly what was going on, but I was chatting with Maya about Saturn return, and I think I was just looking for some guidance through it. And 
and she had the brilliant idea, well, why don't we like create something to help guide everyone through it and help bring some tools and ritual and ceremony and, you know, all of that goodness to help others through their process. So that's kind of how like it all came about. And I, I don't know, go ahead, Mai, <laughs> you're better at explaining everything. <laughs> I would beg to differ. It's really interesting. And I, I hear you. Um, well, it's funny because, you know, when you go onto your feed to, um, there's just so many women, 50,000 women actually that are, following what looks to be, you know, an idyllic life. You've got the two beautiful children and the husband and the amazing clothes and all the beautiful, you know, everything. It looks like you have everything. It looks like you have the beautiful African baskets that are in your home that are being sent to you and the clothing for the kids and all these amazing photographs. I know for myself, I'm often like, oh, I wish somebody in my house was a photographer so that I could see what my life looks like from the outside and then the words that accompany each of your posts are so meaningful to all of the women that follow you because you're really giving so much permission to both kind of be in the moment but also to 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 suffer through the moment and you bring a lot of tools you know you have the hypnotherapy you have the aromatherapy you have the yoga and you really are kind of like the the ultimate birth advocate because you live it very easily. You've been there. You've sat with women as they've birthed and walked through their um, their initiation, their physical initiation. And so it's been really interesting for me to watch the way women interact with you and how you're always there for them. And what was interesting to me about that is that it doesn't necessarily give you the support that you need, even though that's nourishing and that's feeding. So I think Saturn's sister came up um, because you were going to come with us to LA for our new moon temple and you weren't able to come right yeah, two hours right. away. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, life was just a little too hard for you to make it. Even though women had flown all over the country, it seemed like a really big deal to be able to attend. It was like, you couldn't. And that's when I realized you were going through your Saturn returns. And then, um, I was also very present to how many women there were really excited to meet you and to see you. And it felt like a little bit of a shame. And it was really exciting to think that we could create something online for everyone to gather and to share resources. Because what's true about you, which is you are someone that other women look to in order to lift themselves up, is true about so many other women. And so Saturn's sister came about because we have so many real life friends that are really are kind of masterful at meeting chaos with creativity, clarity, and calm, but we're so different, all of us. We do it very differently. And the opportunity to share, um, to share in all of the moments, you know, that partake in the Me Too medicine was almost too good to resist. And so the, the, the way that we've set it up is we have a circle uh, that Tiffany leads, which includes yoga and um, a lot of aromatherapy recipes and ceremony and ritual. And we also have a school where a lot of our authors and sister keepers and the Muse Collective are going to be sharing some of their best tools for, you know, bringing that sense of grounding and knowing about what's possible and, and really creative realization into the lives of the women who are, you know, giving to us every day on our platforms. Beautiful. Are you still there, Maya? I am. 
But that's it. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, awesome. So people can find you both at Saturn Sister, and it's S-A-T-U-R-N-S-S-I-S-T-E-R.com. So, because there's another website called Saturn's, wait, Saturn Sisters, that is a group of astrologers who focus on the Saturn return. So, right? How funny. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, well, I think that's awesome, and everybody should check it out. And you are launching it, when did you say, September 1st, New Moon in Virgo? Well, our circle opens, yes, on September 1st. Anyone okay. can register for the circle now, and we have two courses up in the school right now. Postworthy, oh, cool. which is how to create a beautiful feed with photos straight from your Instagram. I'm sorry, your iPhone. That Tiff's husband leads and he's an incredible teacher for Canon and just a world-class photographer. And then also Story Starters, which was um, is offered by a Waldorf teacher, one of my best friends, Robin Wolf, and we had created Waldorfish together, which is a global community of teachers, parents, and homeschoolers. And so she gives a little deck mm. of um, stories and like kind of prompts that you can buy. And she walks people through how to create a Waldorfish type um, storytelling environment. Awesome. Cool. Fantastic. We actually, the school Danny and I uh, met at was a Steiner school. So, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the graduate <laughs> program we went to, yeah. 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 Emerson and, and Steiner were the big influences for our modality. So, yeah, we love Waldorf. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Love that. I also trained at Rudolph Steiner College in uh, Sacramento. Woo! Cool. Cool. Actually, nice. I know some other people did. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah, I do too. Huh. I know some educators. Great. It's good yeah. stuff. Oh, we all find each other, this tribe <laughs> of people. Three. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been fun. This has been a fun conversation, Danny, don't you think? <laughs> I think so. I love the Saturn return. It's so rich and yeah, it's and great. We could go on. I mean, we can. Yeah, you know more of that. We will go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really yeah. very amazed. I mean, it's so clear um, that it just takes a lot of work to have to distill all of the different. Um, there's just so many aspects, I guess, is the word. Like, like, yeah. So many different pieces that you're holding at every little symbology. It's really fascinating to listen, and I feel hungry for more. I'm really excited to go back to those foundational recordings and. Then listen to this one again and, and see what else I've missed and how I can put some of these pieces together because I'm moved to to use this information to almost like impact, like elevate and expand what we're doing over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for bringing all of that and then also doing the work to like clean it up so that we can understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and I think you know, you know, you know, each Danny and I each have our own thing, and I know for me specifically, I I just you know, people are talking about astrology. So obviously people are interested, but I think that there's still such, it's so hard to access this for so many people. If you don't have, you know, the eight years or the decades put in of studying it day in and day out, such as myself and Danny, uh, it's hard to, to get a, a quick summary of it anywhere on the internet or anywhere. And so I think the podcast is of course really geared towards making this accessible for people. So I'm glad you said that. That's great feedback to know that this was deepening your experience of Saturn. Cause that's, that's the goal, you know, is to, I mean, people know about astrology. I mean, if everybody in the world understood Saturn return, everybody going through it would have at least an ounce more of empathy 
healthy for themselves and then for others. Um, mm-hmm. They would recognize, oh, that person's in Saturn return. So, you know, like, for example, I had mentioned this, but I was not well during mine. And I had so many friends who were like, snap out of it. Like, why, like, why are you so like, just get over it. And I'm like, I can't. I can't get over this. I, I'm in this place where I'm dying. You have to just either be okay with it or get out of my life. But I cannot change how I feel right now. And I know because I'm an astrologer, this will pass. And it did. But nobody around, not nobody. Danny was one of the best supporters for me during my Saturn turn because she was like, yeah, it sucks. And I was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for just letting me be miserable or whatever you need to be at the moment of any particular transit that's what an astrologer holds it says yeah your your house is falling apart your family's but whatever is falling apart in someone's life or whatever they're going through it's like yeah you're going through that and it's going to pass and that's so much more helpful than than pushing someone to be somewhere where they simply can't be and 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 Mm -hmm. I think that's why I'm very inspired with my career because that was hard in Saturn return for people to tell me to snap out of it when I couldn't it was like, it was, it was hard to hear that. Like, you guys don't understand. I just, I'm here. Let me be here. And so I think that's what this education will do. And it will filter out to, you know, so many people. So thanks for the work you girls are doing and, and creating support around this really powerful transit. I think it's wonderful. So thank you. Yeah. Really thank wish I had so it much. when I was going through mine. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that sounds like a wrap, my friends. Uh, thank you for yes. listening. I hope you all listening have gotten more. Yes. Go back to back to basics, everybody back to basics, back to basics and get some more information. And, um, anyway, and thank you everybody very much. So, yes. Thank, thank you, you for listening and thanks for joining us, uh, both Tiff and Maya. And, um, yeah, we're just happy to have you here with us. So thanks for your time. Thank, thank you for having us. Oh. All right. Thank girls. You. Yeah. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you on the other side. Absolutely.